Welcome to the Encore Audio Video Podcast. Innovative technology simplified with the Encore Systems designers, Jeff Grove and Clark Von Trotha. Here's your host, Luke Anderson. All right, welcome into the Encore Audio Video Podcast. I'm Luke Anderson, your host with me as always, Clark Von Trotha, Jeff Grove. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. I was just trying to remember who I introduced first last time so that I could reverse the <laughs> order so that I give you guys like an even amount of, uh, uh, of welcome uh, and being first. So there's no hierarchy between you two. Perfect. Good, good. Well, um, today we're going to have a uh, very fun episode that I think uh, will help a lot of people <coughs> and it may even help me along the way. Uh, today is Upgrade. Yes, no, maybe so. Uh, so <laughs> I kind of changed your title a little bit, Clark. I know you had something else in mind. Fine, it's I'm the same with difference. It. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so whether or not to upgrade uh, your technology, um, this will, will hit kind of a wide array of topics. But I think for a lot of the things that you do, especially with the array of things that Encore Audio Video does, whether it's automation, audio, video, all of those other things, always a good place to start is the network. Yeah. So if we start looking at your home network, technology moves so fast. What do they say? Every two years, it gets twice as good and half as much uh, for, from a price standpoint. That's Something like that. Uh, yes. So how do we know when it's time to look at our equipment for our network and upgrade? I think it's a, a combination of cost and features. So you really want to make sure that... Uh, with the network um, that you're getting what you're paying for, for starters, you know. So there's a service provider, we shorten that to ISP or internet service provider. Sure. Basically, uh, the service provider uh, oftentimes is s selling you faster service, yet the equipment isn't able to perform and do that. So we, l we do an overhaul on a lot of people's networks, especially in home and, and like commercial, where we'll look at it and say, okay, um, what speeds are you actually getting and uh, both wired or hardwired to the network uh, versus wireless and and how is the wireless coverage in that space and so there's been some huge improvements in terms of wireless coverage throughput of equipment uh, and and so we kind of audit that and look at it and say okay great because it is really the backbone of modern technology working <coughs> in any space now um, so there's a lot of changes that have occurred particularly I mean, s starting with just wireless, just the coverage of wireless. So if you put an, an access point or a repeater of some kind, um, there's generally two approaches to that. W ones that are hardwired and ones that are using some kind of a mesh uh, protocol to communicate. And the hardwired uh, access points are always going to give you uh, faster speed and in general are going to be more reliable, which is what we typically use. Um, but they've made some big changes and, and part of that is wireless coverage. You know, just making sure you're getting the proper wireless coverage in the space, and, and it's improved dramatically. And the speeds that you can get over wireless have, in, have improved dramatically. So before, where you, where if, if you asked me if you could get gigabit speeds over wireless uh, many years ago, I would have probably kind of laughed and said, well, not so much. Maybe if you're getting, you know, hardwiring maybe <coughs> in certain situations, but not so much that. And now that's just normal. Uh, and it's important because of all the new things we have in our lives, right? Um, yeah. Everything is wireless that people communicate with these days. So uh, tablets and phones and so on. So so looking at that as an overview is, uh, is really important. And the cost, the other part of this conversation is always a cost. So there's, are we at a peak or are we at a plateau, as Jeff and I always say. And 
And ultimately, right now, for a lot of these things, and networks are certainly included in this, we're really at a plateau where the cost of entry for really high-quality network product has come dramatically down, and the performance has gone way up. So it's a great time to revisit that. If you haven't touched your network and what we would call the LAN or the local area network you know, equipment in you know, the last uh, three to five years, you should be talking to us, and, and we can help you with that and improve things dramatically. Well, and the expectation has changed dramatically, too. So so many of us use our smart devices, you know, our cell phone. You go out, and you have now 5G coverage or you know, at least faster service through yeah. your cell provider, if you're going home and it slows down when you get on your network, right. that's a pretty good indicator right. that it's time to look at how things are built. Um, is there any security advantage to upgrading the equipment as well? They they are still using the it's 128-bit encryption, so it's the same kind of stuff they've been using for years, and it, it's bank-level security. Okay. So it's that, that hasn't changed that much. Um, it, the way to set things up uh, for us is faster than it used to be. And in a lot of cases, once we get the, the hardware set up in the house, if there are things that we need to do to edit uh, on, on the security side of things, with a homeowner's permission, we can do that remotely now too. <clears throat> we didn't used to be able to do that. Does so, that require new equipment? Uh, in many cases, yeah. The the newest stuff has some some options that uh, give us the ability to essentially open a portal to get into the system as if we were in the house when we're not in the house to help set up firewalls and all that kind of stuff to the whatever the the homeowner wants ultimately. Sure. <clears throat> so that's part of the the new equipment stuff that we didn't see a few years ago. And when we're talking about you know as a as an overarching topic, new equipment and where and when to upgrade um, are the new networks more versatile where they can actually work with more devices work with more you know if you, if you have a better network you have a better foundation you can actually yeah. make some of your equipment yeah. uh, older equipment work better with it right yeah I mean certainly when you're talking wireless uh, that's always changing the, the protocol of wireless is changing and getting faster and more robust with devices and so the equipment that you have has to be able to upgrade to that and, and you can only you know, if you if you have older equipment, it's you can only take that so far for it's you know it's just not going to be compliant with newer newer mobile devices. But in addition to that, and and kind of also touching on the security point too, networks um, are are really the key aspect, and for a lot of people, they're a key aspect for working <coughs> from home. You know, so if you think about the expense of putting in a new network, we always remind people that maybe part of that expense is a work expense. Yeah, very and, true. Um, and uh, oftentimes people see it slightly differently after that conversation. But yeah, <laughs> that's an important one to consider as well. And then how long does it take to do a quick audit of somebody's home network and, and really see where the, what changes need to be made? Because there's always varying levels, yeah. right? It's, yeah, like not, you said that we're at a plateau now, so right. you can make an upgrade where it's not very long. Cost you very much. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's really just a few components in a system um, to the level that we're talking about, and it's typically your your access to the outside world being a modem, the router being the the brain and traffic cop for everything within the local area network, um, network switches to accommodate however many devices we're plugging in, and then based on the size of the home, how many wireless access points do we need? Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. So we can look at that stuff really pretty quickly and determine, oh, this is 
not going to do some of the new standards and some of these other features. <clears throat> gotcha. Um, and then with the access points, you can be a little bit more focused so it's not bleeding out into the entire neighborhood. Uh, like yeah. once upon a time, you'd go and look for a wireless network, and there'd be a 1,000 if you were in an apartment. That's an important point. I think Jeff kind of touched on that as well. You know, the access point itself has abilities to communicate to each access point, and particularly in the ones that, are, that we use, um, they have a lot of, for lack of a better term, smarts built into them uh, that uh, allow them so that the handoffs are, are a lot more seamless. So as you're walking through the house, it just seems like one giant mm. network bubble as opposed to you're kind of going from one spot to another or you have a little dead zone over here. And they're, they're smart also in terms of devices and, and directing devices that might need more network assistance than others or, or that are using the network more than others or using or requiring more network um, space or throughput than others. So, so just a, it's overall a smarter Much network. Much smarter network. Yeah, network. and we can make the, the broadcast name invisible if we, if we want so to answer your question, you're driving down the street and you get on the, <laughs> your <coughs> excuse me, your Wi-Fi uh, on your phone and you're looking for networks. Well, if we have somebody that doesn't want that to be visible, we can make it invisible. Nice. So that you have to search by name to find it and then have the password as well. So all those options are available. So I can have my brother over and tell him I don't have Wi-Fi. Correct. have to deal with it. Perfect. Yes. That's all I need. You could yep. do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to uh, some of the more uh, entertaining uh, aspects of it. Because sure. once a network foundation is built, if you do it right, you yeah. never have to think about it again, right? But right. when you're talking about you know, your audio and your video, that's, uh, that's a sensory experience. That's something you want to make sure you're getting the full capability of. Uh, I've got a big TV, the size is nice, it, it feels like the picture is good. If I'm looking at it, how do I know that it's time to upgrade? And, and how do I know that what I'm looking at is outdated? Yeah, I think the first step is um, if you're streaming right now and you haven't upgraded to a new 4K or 8K set, um, whether it's a projector or a television for a space, um, it's, it's a <coughs> really good time to consider that now. And there's a couple reasons for that. One is organic LED technology and TVs has come way down in cost. So that's, a, that's the first step of that. And that's a fantastic technology that gives arguably um, fantastic picture and <coughs> sound from the television in a variety of sizes up to about 83 or so now uh, for most manufacturers. And that 80, mid-80s is about as large as you're going to go on OLED. Um, but what's great about that is there's a lot of sources right now that can deliver 4K content where... In the past, if I would say back five years ago, they were far less. Uh, and ultimately, uh, 4K and the emergence of that is really about content. Yeah. If you have enough content uh, in the marketplace, then, then it matters. If you don't, all this technology is great, but if you can't view anything on it or, or if it's just scaling stuff up to it, you're not getting all the benefits of it. So, um, so that's a big part of that. And there's a ton of content that relies on your network that's streaming that, yeah. that takes advantage of the latest and greatest in video codecs for 4K and HDR and Dolby Vision and so forth. And pretty much all of the major streaming companies that you would buy your monthly service from support some form of the highest resolution uh, 4K, whether it be HDR, Dolby Vision, both, whatever. Yeah. <coughs> so um, having a device that has the ability to display that better resolution and better color is 
ultimately going to give you the best performance. Well, and and there's we mentioned these kind of peaks and valleys or yeah. or plateaus, uh, if you will. You know, the people that jumped in first on the HD DVD. Uh, train, you know, kind of sure. got burnt a little bit. And then, sure. of course, Blu-ray came along. But even with that, that was very short-lived. Streaming isn't going anywhere, right? right we can right, kind of all right. agree with that. And at this point, the, the you know, consumer-facing uh, big brand names are all there. They all have this technology. So if you're sitting on a, an older technology where you have standard-definition television and you're paying a premium monthly subscription to get all of this technology, you're kind of throwing some of the benefits out the window, right? You are, yeah. yeah, and even if you were uh, an early adopter to a, a 4K TV, you know, something that was, say, four or five years ago, you're not actually reaping all the benefits because, okay, you're getting maybe 4K resolution, but you're not getting the color depth and the contrast ratio that you can get with HDR and Dolby Vision. And, and those, those are the big differences. So the best example that I use often with somebody is, did you realize that the color for Coke, red, you couldn't actually see on any video display until 4K HDR came out? Really? They just couldn't make you, that, that color? That color red was too deep in the color spectrum, and it was not an option. So when you were watching a commercial for Coke on TV more than five years ago, if you were to hold up a Coke can next to the TV, not the same color. Yeah, and now you can get and that now true definition yeah. of color. And now you can. How many people notice that, or is that just something that is... That's a, yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Luke. You know, we, there was a study that was done um, with 4K and HDR and Dolby Vision, which are these color enhancement, contrast enhancing, brightness enhancing features, uh, and they call it gamma, which is that range, that wide range of from the whitest white to the blackest black. And these were people of varying age groups, and they, they did hundreds of these people in some cases in these tests and then later they did thousands and what they discovered was that while the resolution was important and a lot of people could see the uptick in resolution what they really noticed was the HDR and the Dolby Vision because the color change or the contrast change was just immediate and it mm -hmm. was so obvious and these are people who are some in some cases 80 some cases older uh, whose vision maybe wasn't as as good as when they were younger and so that said a lot, I think, to the layman in terms of what they may see. What they so I think that's a good good reference to go off of. Okay. Sure. And then when we look at these, you know, these different source materials that we have and you're starting to get better picture and you're taking advantage of, of the, you know, the, the full expression of color yeah. and, and contrast and everything there, what about sound, right? There's got to be improvements in the audio side of it, right? Definitely. We, we've seen um, with the most current formats of whether it be surround sound or streaming music from some of the better streaming uh, music services that you get CD quality or better, which we haven't seen up to this point. Mm. So uh, th there is a difference and comparing a, you know, an MP3 stream for music versus uh, a stream from a, a, a company that supports CD quality or better it's very noticeable very quickly. Okay. And another point to sound that I think a lot of people may forget is it's a combination of things, obviously speakers and electronics and <coughs> so forth, and, and the space, you know, and how the space interacts with all those things. But it's important to understand that, and this is something we kind of discovered 
by accident is it's not just about adding more speakers to maybe deliver Atmos sound, though that is fantastic and, and, and absolutely wor a worthwhile upgrade uh, for a lot of people. If you don't have the electronics to do, say, Atmos audio, and something is encoded in that, and the device, in this case, maybe a receiver or a preamp processor and an amplifier or whatever, can't do that, um, you're missing out on a much higher grade codec. So what I mean by that is if you just left your speakers, your old surround sound speakers in place, but you upgraded your receiver and your display so they can do the new 4K HDR <coughs> Dolby Vision and, and you can do Atmos audio, and you were encoding into the receiver the, the higher end Atmos audio, but then it kind of it says, oh, I, I don't have as many speakers as I need for that, so I'm going to play it in this codec. You'll still get better sound. Okay. Dramatically better sound by just playing that Atmos codec to start with. So... So, so I, what I'm getting at is you can do it over time, meaning like yeah. if you don't have the money to do everything today, but you wanted to get in and maybe do the display and, 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 po or, and or the electronics, there's still major benefits for that. Um, and that's all because of the higher resolution uh, in terms of the audio codec. So. Well, and, and for television, it's pretty simple. You, you buy a new television, you instantly get the, the full benefit of the picture quality. If you yeah. get a projector, you're getting the projector plus a quality screen makes a big difference. So you have yep. two components. In audio, it seems like there's a lot more. You've got the receiver, the amplifier, the speakers, the, the way that they're set up. Sure. Mm -hmm. How much more technical do you have to get with sound than you do with picture? Well, some. Um, the better options on... I'll just say receivers to start with because most people know what that is and it's easy to talk about. Um, many of those options have uh, a more advanced equalizer system in them that can help balance out a room from some software, usually from a computer that we kind of plug into the system to listen to all the different spots in the room where you might be sitting and EQ the room specifically for whatever speakers we put in there, however many there are, where are they placed, what are the room anomalies, all of these different things. And these are tools that we just didn't have before that are within, you know, the last, I'd say, couple years okay. that are making some pretty major differences to give you an experience in a room where the room kind of goes away. Um, it, okay. it's, it's not so much... When it's done right, it's not so much about, well, does this space work for it? No, no, no. I, I can actually do a lot of fixing in the digital domain, essentially, gotcha. now that we just couldn't do before without spending egregious amounts of money. Okay. And it's not so nuts anymore. Yeah. And that kind of dovetails into portable audio as well, you <coughs> know, or, and or what a lot of people, they would call wireless audio, which technically uh, we would argue is not wireless because you have to plug it in. But, but ultimately... <laughs> It, devices with, that have less connections to it. So uh, the most obvious would be a company like Sonos, but there's many others that do this. Um, and they use mobile devices where you can walk around the room and it's doing exactly what Jeff's talking about. It's, it's trying to take some of the room problems and fix them and, and, and or take advantage of them so that you get better sound out of that particular device. Um, and again, com, you know, working with your, a mobile device because there's really good microphones that are starting to get into particularly into phones. Sure. Um, and so they can take advantage of that. So that's a, yet another kind of push into that world. How much more adaptable is the technology now? So, you know, if you purchase something five, ten years ago, it wasn't, it, it feels like from what you're telling me that it, the technology you buy today 
it's kind of ready for the next evolution from yeah. your streaming, from your services, being able to have an equalizer that does a lot of the programming for you in a room seems pretty right. remarkable. It feels like it used to be that technology was fixed, and it, it this will work this good, and then beyond that, yeah. Good luck. And and that's so that that question actually dovetails back to encoding process. So when we start talking about what Dolby does for both Dolby Vision for video and Dolby Atmos for audio, the encoding process, the the recording process, is so much more advanced that it gives them the ability to actually kind of dictate the end result in a way that is reproducible and predictable every time. Mm. And we just didn't have that before. The The way that surround sound, just as an example, used to work was a what we called steering logic. So you typically have five speakers and a subwoofer and the recording engineer would, for lack of a better term, have a joystick that it would just steer the information from one speaker to the other. And that is what it is. You got what you got. And now with Dolby Atmos, whether you're still doing five speakers or you're doing a whole bunch more, the encoding process is what they call placement logic. So if they want a specific sound to happen in a specific place and time in the room, when we set up the speaker system and we tell the system, okay, I have this many speakers and here's where they're located. When it decodes, the decoder says, okay, this needed to happen at this particular space and time, you know, up over my head to the left-hand side. And the decoder can actually say, okay, in order to make it sound like it's happening there, I need to play X, Y, and Z speakers at these different volumes, at these different phase variances to make it happen sonically in that location. I mean, this is technology we just didn't have three, four years ago. It's nuts crazy good. And I can tell you, Personally, having Atmos at home, it is unbelievable. It yeah. is so much better than good old 5.1 surround sound. It is so much better. Okay. And that's why. It's the encoding, decoding combination that's just better yeah. than it used to be. And we're talking about upgrading. Do I need to upgrade speakers to make that happen? Or can it work with my, it work my with very cool 1970s uh, <laughs> carpeted, <laughs> carpeted speakers yeah. that I got as a hand-me-down for my folks? Yeah, speaker technology has improved, you know, certainly over the years. Uh, you know, it improves at a slower rate than other technologies that we work with, certainly. But but ultimately, again, it's about uh, minimizing the effects of the room. And a lot of things that are happening in, in the DSP world, which is what Jeff's kind of talking about, yep. you know, all the EQing, uh, <coughs> taking the room anomalies away. But there's a couple companies that have made some big inroads that have brought technologies forward um, that we're obviously dealers for, and we constantly monitor that. We brought in a new subwoofer company that's absolutely amazing, that delivers world-class subwoofer uh, performance for both two-channel, if you're just an audiophile listener, or a a media guy who's all about streaming, and or both. Um, They offer solutions for everyone at every price point, and they're they're a really uh, uh, exciting addition to our many... A uh, long list of, of uh, manufacturing partners that we work with. Um, but there's always innovations and things that are happening. I think one of the biggest is a lot of European companies developing speakers at lower cost, which we're a dealer for a great many of those, um, uh, that really surpass other companies in, in lower price points. Where before you could get that technology, you just had to spend yeah. two to three times the cost to do it. Uh, we're now 
there, there are speakers that are being made at a far lower cost that really deliver world-class performance. If you haven't upgraded your speakers, you might want to look again. The good news, it sounds like that there is a cost plateau for network, video, and audio. Absolutely. That's really the trifecta yeah. right now. So yeah. now feels like a very good time to upgrade or at least assess what you're doing. Let's, let's see if yeah. we see how well I retained the information you gave me. <laughs> There'll be a uh, test, Luke. There'll yeah, well, test. hey, if you, if, if you have not network in three to five years, yeah. you definitely need to look at all of the technology that you have in there. Correct. Mainly to make sure that you're maximizing the the ISP uh, delivery, right? Correct. So they're promising you yeah. XYZ speeds. If you don't have the technology to execute that, you're wasting money and you're wasting a lot, of, a lot of what you're paying for. And, and to just go back there real quick, there's one area on networks that we maybe didn't touch on strong enough, and that is the the current Wi-Fi technologies, uh, at least with the products that we sell, are multi-band concurrent. So what that means is on the wireless side, if you have somebody in the home that's got a brand new wireless device that uses the, the newest technology, whatever that might be, and you have somebody else in the house that's got an older something that mm -hmm. doesn't use that newer technology, these systems can broadcast both of those at the same time and not slow down the better newer device okay the older ones couldn't do that they may have been multi-band but not concurrent so what that would usually mean is lowest common denominator rules ah. so just one more reason that a newer network can really help you out if you have um, a home of a number a great number of devices and we all do yeah. right well, so. and if you have a home with somebody that is either stubborn uh, and refuses to upgrade or yeah. you have kids uh, like I do and right. we, we, the older devices go to them so right. they get to do it they, exactly. could, they could actually be slowing you down exactly correct that's a great point well, we one other that. point too that we didn't touch this, on you guys are really crushing my I, wrapping I, up I, here. Of this, 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 is, this is important uh, no, 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 and that is, we always talk about the space, you know, and how it, how that space interacts with the technology and with networks. It's it's really important to understand the materials of the space. Mm. And in the past, there were many materials that that you simply would just cause wireless to be uh, really a non-starter or be very difficult to do there. Or you'd have to add a, 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 a quite a few extra access points to really make that work in your home. Where now, access points have gotten a lot stronger, and they do better with a lot of uh, architectural materials. So that's something that's great, where maybe if you had didn't have great success with network in the past, there may be products today that could potentially help you. Okay. Um, more so more with less is always good. Yeah, right? yeah. absolutely. Um, TVs. If you don't have 4K OLED, time to upgrade, right? Because most of your source material, if you're streaming... Yeah. You're, you sh you're at least getting that level of quality. They're a lot cheaper than they were before. The, the OLED stuff is, uh, we would argue, the best picture out there. Mm -hmm. <coughs> that being said, you don't have to do OLED to still get 4K HDR Dolby Vision. Okay. Um, all of those things. So that's, but that's the baseline. If you're, if you're watching television on a regular basis and you think you're getting the most and you don't have 4K HDR or... That that's Dolby the vision. that's the baseline. Yeah, is yeah. is those those formats are the sure. the current everybody's using them. Okay, and they're they're cheaper than they've been before. Mm -hmm. It's it's worth the upgrade. Um, but with some of the new TVs, the sound quality goes down. But you're telling me that in the last couple years, the advancement in technology and the drop in price, it's definitely work. Bare minimum, oh, look yeah. at your receiver. Yep. And then yep. speaker technology improving yeah. a lot too. So if, if you're if you're in the market for for an upgrade, it's uh, it's really worth looking at your entire system. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Yes. Well, there you go. What should I keep? <laughs> what can I keep? How about my Game Boy? Is, can I still use sure. that? Is there anything <laughs> out there beating that? There's always old games that people don't want to let go of, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I did get. Uh, I did go over to a, a friend's house that I'd never been to before, and he had an entire video game uh, arcade <laughs> set up, and then he had his giant, I ooh, must have been at least 80-inch TV, something in that range, uh, NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Wow. Uh, he, had, he had the full gamut all hooked up across. It was a disaster, and you guys both would have had an aneurysm looking at all the cords <laughs> and controllers and everything that was laying there, but I do see the uh, nostalgia. So you can keep some of the old stuff. Sure. Integrate it with the new stuff yes, is the sir. best way to do things. Yeah. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Uh, if somebody wants to uh, get your assistance in any of this, what's the best way to do it? Just give us a call. Come on down. Let's meet at the Design Center here and talk more about your project and, and figure out the best way we can help you with all this. Um, we have some great examples here yep. to show, show this off. I mean, whether you're a th you know really into theater or media rooms or you love two-channel music listening, really high-end stereo listening, uh, we got it. Automation, networks, we can show it all off here. So come on down. Encore Audio Video is at 14th and Everett in the Pearl online at EncoreAudioVideo.com. Jeff, anything else to add? I think we covered it pretty well. Perfect. Yeah. Gentlemen, Thanks, have a Luke. great day. We'll talk yeah. to you again very soon for another edition. Oh, boy. Another edition of the Encore Audio Video Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Thank you for listening to the Encore Audio Video Podcast. If you have questions about today's topic or to schedule your free consultation with Jeff and Clark, go to EncoreAudioVideo.com.